It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Very top of the Big Ten, the new rankings out yesterday, Ohio State up a spot to number two. Michigan actually dropped a spot after struggling in the first half with Indiana. Penn State holds steady in its bye. And Howard, looky here. Whoa. The longest ratings drought <laughs> in the Power Five is over. Illinois making an appearance for the first time in 11 years. The Illini check in at number 24. We will get to them in a bit. There will be plenty of Illini talk coming up on this show. But, but let's start at the very top. Yeah. With Ohio State, what stood out to you about the Buckeyes in that win over the Spartans? Yeah, I, I just think that they just continue to to play at a high level. I, that's obvious. But one of the things that stood out was, you know, they had to ch- had the opportunity to get Mike Hall Jr. back, and you see what type of dominant player he is inside. He just re- uh, creates havoc inside, makes it very difficult for offensive linemen to be able to to, to slow him down. He commands a double team, so that opens up things for other people. But this is a team that just keeps getting better, keeps winning in different ways. When you talk about the offensive side, they can do it all. They can run it. They can pound you right. And they can get into two tights and really control the line of scrimmage. They can spread you out, throw it all over the place. C.J. Stroud is just continuing to me to get better as a passer. Yeah, so he threw an interception. Big deal. He's, that's going to happen every now and then. But right. the way he responds to that, and it happens. He comes to the sideline. He gets settled. They go back out, and, and they just continue to play so well. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is – I don't know who's going to be able to guard him <laughs> this year. He just – you know, he's a phenomenal route runner. He uh, does an outstanding job blocking downfield for the running backs, and that whole room does. Uh, but, you know, he is just an unbelievable talent. Yeah, when you consider they're doing all this without Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, I think that's what's really crazy with yeah. wide receivers. But, you know, it's interesting to me you started with Mike Hall Jr., mm-hmm. Because I think about last year what was lacking with this team, and it was a dominant defensive line presence. They just didn't have that. Now, we're, we're typically used to seeing it at defensive end. Yeah. You know, that, that's not the case with Hall. But, but again, to have that presence, to have a physicality on that side of the ball that it didn't feel like they had last year. And I would think that goes over to the offensive side as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you know, now we see Mayan Williams was out for this game. Travion Henderson's been in and out of the lineup. He got banged up again at, at the end of that game. But there's a commitment to the run game that it didn't seem like there was a yeah. year ago. It just feels like they took this notion that they were not a physical team to heart and very quickly went to work on fixing it. And I, and I think those are the results that we're seeing. And, and I think the reality is they weren't when it came to being one of the best teams in college football. Yeah. That's what we. That's the way we judge them. That's the way they judge themselves. And they needed to get back to that. And part of that, when you spread the ball out and you're throwing it all over the place, 
you don't give the big guys an opportunity to get comfortable and, and really be able to put their feet in the ground and, and forge forward to be able to control the line of scrimmage. So you talk about the defensive side as well, because this is what's been emphasized in practice. Guess what? The defensive line also has to make adjustments because they're going against this physical offensive line. And that's probably the most underrated part of this football team right now, the defensive and offensive line play, because there are just so many stars, you know, in the other areas. And, yeah, they have to continue to get better, you know, at the corner position. I think they will. Burke, to me, is a next-level talent. Uh, he's, but he's been banged up a little bit, so this bye week comes at a great time. I thought the safety play has really, really improved because those guys are healthy now. And, obviously, the scheme has helped them really take that linebacker core that for the last couple of years, previous years, looked in a lot of situations like they were slow and just out of, out of pace and just were making so many mistakes that now these guys are hitting blitz, they're hitting twists, and they have just become so comfortable and to watch these guys move on that side of the ball, I think it's the part that, that really is going to help this team get to that next level that they want to be in winning championships. You mentioned a bye this week, and then they host Iowa. Yeah. And that will certainly be a challenge for their offense, right, mm -hmm. as to whether or not they can move the ball in the same sort of way against what is an outstanding Hawkeyes D. A Michigan wins. The pollsters kind of unimpressed, it seems. They moved them yeah. down a spot. Not sure that it, it really matters that much. But they did dominate the second half. They have a huge game looming, and yeah. you sometimes wonder a little bit about how do you focus for a game against an opponent that, with all due respect to Indiana, isn't quite yeah. as good when you know you've got a really big game against Penn State coming up. But, but what did you take away from both halves? I mean, from the somewhat uneven first half mm -hmm. and then from a really solid second half? Well, I think sometimes in these type of game situations, you're, you're going to play down to the competition. Uh, or the competition is going to be playing up to, you know, what that opponent is. And you saw some of that. And this is an Indiana team that, that's going to – they're going to fight. They're going to be out there. They're going to – you know, they believe they have an opportunity to win as well. But what you see from Michigan is they were able to weather the storm. And part of that when you're playing in some of these games is you have to be able to go make adjustments. You have to be able to – whether it's on the sideline or at halftime, and you have to see your players respond. And that's what we've been able to see happen uh, with this Michigan football team. And, and remember, it's new defense coordinator, new offense coordinator, play callers. This is all a different situation for them as well. You know, this, this offense before when, when Coach Gaddis was running, they struggled for the first couple of years until they found that rhythm. And once they found it last year, they were really rolling. So now, you know, the, the new quarterback, the young quarterback, he makes some mistakes, but I think he still gives them so much upside. Uh, and what they're going to be able to do offensively. What I want to see this team do, really, I want to see him more involved in the run game because I think this week they're going to need him. This is going to be a huge week for him, and he has that capability. The flip side of that is your backup quarterback, that's also your captain, has been banged up as well. Yes. So you have to be able to make sure that J.J. is able uh, to you know, finish games and keep him healthy. Yeah, I do find that fascinating because it felt like last year kind of the change of pace that J.J. gave you mm -hmm. was premised so much around his ability to yeah. run. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen a lot of that. We certainly haven't seen a lot of it in a designed sort right. of way, right? We have seen him improvise. It's clear what a great athlete he is, and, and we saw last year what a great athlete he is as well. You do wonder against this defense. I mean, yeah, man, we'll, we'll talk about this yeah. game coming up here mm -hmm. in a bit, but Manny Diaz is going to have some things ready, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, yeah. By week. No doubt. So that, that'll that be fascinating. I'm really impressed with what Michigan's done 
on the defensive side. Again, look, Indiana's offensive line, and they ended up making a change mm -hmm. yesterday, and we'll get into that. And their offensive line is, is not very good. Right. And so I do think you need to consider that. But, man, I mean, Michigan's defense got after them, particularly in that second half. You know, sometimes, uh, well, after leaving camp, right, the, what the coaches and the players were all saying to us was, you know, we don't necessarily know who's going to be the star, but we do know that this could be a better defense. And what, what's amazing is it's really showing up. We talk about getting seven sacks, seven different guys. They just have been able to play so many players on the defense, offensively too, but defensively they've been able to play so many guys. And, and those guys fly around. Yeah. Um, it's a really talented defense, and they keep getting better, and they're going to be tested. But I, I'll go back, and I want to go back to the offensive side of this for, for just a second. And we go back to last year, the way they call the game, you know, we say, oh, Ben, they got to figure out how to throw the ball early, right? Right. All they're doing yep. is running, running, running. Yep. They got to figure. So I, I think, yes, the, the coordinators are different, play calling. But I also think we need to give them the benefit of the doubt that, that they know what they're doing and how they want to get there. Because we have, we have history, last year's body of work, that tells us that, you know, they know what they need to do in certain situations. It's about winning the game that's in front of you, not necessarily trying to project what you have down the line. And that is what they have done. Back-to-back 6-0 -back starts, first time since 1976 and 77. The Wolverines have started consecutive seasons at 6-0. They were a playoff team a year ago. The first CFP rankings don't come out till November 1st, mm -hmm. so we still have a few weeks here. But it's interesting to kind of see how the Big Ten's lining up. I mean, I think the one thing that we're starting to see – you know, Alabama went down to the wire with yep. Texas A&M. I mean, mm -hmm. A&M was one play away from beating them. We yep. saw Georgia a week ago get everything it could handle from Mizzou. I mean, mm -hmm. that was a, a game, again, that Missouri very easily could have won, yeah. was in control the whole way. You know, Clemson has had a couple games where they've been on the ropes. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel like there's anyone out there who you're just like, man, th this is the perfect team. And, and for that reason, it feels like, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, I mean, could they both be CFP teams? I don't mm -hmm. think it's out of the question. Right. Penn State certainly merits being in that conversation. I mean, they, we'll find out about them coming mm -hmm. up in, in the next month. But it does feel like the Big Ten's pretty well positioned here. Howard. Yeah, I think they absolutely are. And I think when you look at, um, you know, just the way these teams are playing right now, and particularly Ohio State, just so many different ways that they can beat you just on the offensive side and where the defense is playing. You look at Michigan, I think that offense is going to continue to grow defensively. They're right there. Penn State, who we haven't gotten to, but we will. I mean, just their athleticism that they display on the defensive side. Now, can they be con as consistent as they need to be offensively? Because I, I still stand by this. The defense can help you get into that 14 playoff but you better be able to score 35, 40 points to be able to be competitive in the playoffs. So we have to see them be able to do that, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can. Um, they continue to get better. It's just about, you know, this is a huge test for them coming up this week, and we'll really get to gauge to see just how explosive this offense can be. Yeah, I'm really interested in Michigan and Penn State head-to-head. Yeah. -head. I mean, obviously, it's the you know, biggest yeah. team. It's a top-ten battle. We'd be interested in it anyway. But I do think... Like, if the jury is still out a little bit on Penn State mm -hmm. coming off that season last year, you put them up against a team that was in the playoff right. last year on the road. I mean, if they acquit themselves well, whether or not they win the game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can still you lose the game. You probably lose one game and still at least somewhat be in the conversation. But I'm also interested. I mean, I, I've kind of, as I've thought a lot about what happened with Michigan. And look, J.J. McCarthy was clearly the better player when he was out there. Mm -hmm. But the notion of why... Jim Harbaugh kind of opened this up in the first place, right? Yeah. I, I think it was about – it's not about getting to the playoff anymore. It's about winning games in the playoff. 
and you have to be more dynamic offensively than they were a year ago, and J.J. is that the answer to that? I mean, the reality is you have to be more di- dynamic at the quarterback position. When you think about it and you yep. go back and you think about the teams that have won it. Yes. They, you know, they have been – their quarterbacks have really played well in, in those two games. And leading up to that, obviously, they had to play well. But J.J. gives them that. And that's why I think so many people are excited about where this Michigan team has a chance to be. And sure, they have to be careful to make sure that he can, you know, continue to play, keep him healthy. But when he gets loose and he starts running some of these read option plays, all of a sudden now that defensive end that they're reading or or the safety or whoever it may be that that may be the read, I mean, he's going to make guys miss. I mean, he just has that innate ability to be able to do that. And, oh, by the way, he can throw the ball as well. He yeah. can throw it. And I think, you know, we, we do this a lot. If a quarterback can run around, oh, this is athleticism. He's an athletic quarterback. J.J. can play the quarterback position. He's leading the nation yeah. in completion percentage, <laughs> he, right? He and they're, they're not dinking and dunking. Right. right? No. I mean, and, he can throw it down the field. But, yeah. but, if, but when we watch this team, what do we talk about, whether it's last Saturday or this Saturday? We'll talk about his ability to throw the ball. He's got to make good decisions from the quarterback position. But then you look at the numbers, and he's like, well, clearly he's making good decisions yeah, from the, I guess look so. at the completion right. percentage. But I think that is where now all of a sudden we're starting to put this Michigan team or have put them. We're not comparing them or saying, well, this is a team that, that can win the Big Ten. They obviously can do that, but can they win a championship and that's where, you know, now they're in that conversation like we have Ohio State every right. year now. They're, they're in that mix uh, for that conversation. So we're going to nitpick some things that normally we may let go. While we're on the topic of the Wolverines, do you want to update something really encouraging news on running backs coach Mike Hart, who released a statement. Remember, he collapsed on the sidelines and that win over Indiana was taken to the hospital. His statement, quote, I'd like to thank everyone for their support, messages, and prayers. I'm truly grateful for the trainers and paramedics, the doctors and nurses at IU Hospital, Michigan's team doctors, coaching staff, players, and Coach Harbaugh. I'd also like to thank IU's football staff and team doctors. I will never forget everyone's kindness and generosity. My wife and I are thankful to be surrounded by such incredible people. And then he says, health-wise, I'm back in Ann Arbor. Things are trending in a positive direction. I look forward to rejoining our team soon. So really great news on my card. We mentioned it off the top. Illinois ranked for the first time in more than a decade. They have the nation's top scoring defense, have yet to allow a touchdown in four home games. Chase Brown leads the nation in rushing yards. Just a really impressive team in Brett Bielema's second year. Uh, Beat Iowa and Wisconsin in the same season for the first time since 1989. Howard Griffith was strutting around campus. Had had hair on top of my head. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) That's how long it was. Forget the Letterman <laughs> Right. Yeah. That I can still fit, by the I way. I know. I know you. you I'm excited about that, that. A few years ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about there that. There was a time where you couldn't fit. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even button that thing up. I get to about right here. Yeah. Now, now it feels, you know, a little big on you. Yeah. Uh, hey, they're really good, man. They are legitimately a good yeah. football team. They are a great defense, mm-hmm. and they're good enough on offense. I'm worried about Tommy DeVito yeah. getting hurt, and and that's. That's an issue here heading into the Minnesota game. But what do you make of the Illini here? I think that, you know, if you follow, if you follow Big Ten football, right, and, and you follow Coach Bielema and what he was able to do uh, in Madison, there's never been a question of his coaching skills and his understanding of what this conference was about. Um, and he has – but just how quickly he has flipped 
what's going on in Champaign. And it's not necessarily done with a, a lot of transfers. Either. There's a few, there, but there not are. as many as you would think. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As you would think. Yes. Um, so, he's got these guys believing, right? And, and he believes in them, and they believe in him. And, you know, last week I had a chance to sit down and, and talk with, with Chase Brown for a little bit. And, you know, that was one of my questions. From the first meeting to right now, what was it? And he was just like the belief that Coach Bielema had that we could do this, that we have everything, you know, that we need to go out and be successful. It's about buying into the plan, doing what we talk about doing, and being able to execute. And we talk about all the time situational football. And that place, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that no one else does it, but to me, when you think about what we have an opportunity to watch in Minnesota, with PJ's team, when we have an opportunity to watch at Illinois uh, with Brett's team, just the way they coach it, the way they talk about it, the way they interact with their team, the situational football is just there. It's like front and center. And they're in situations and, and they're able to execute. And, you know, that's been a big part of it. So what will be fascinating now is how does he build that on the recruiting trail? Yeah. And you start to get those players in that you're going to need to be able to consistently year in and year out uh, be able to compete for for the West as long as we have a West. Yes. Uh, So and then ultimately just trying to get to the Big Ten championship game. I think why this hire made so much sense and 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 full disclosure, like we talked about Brett Bielema (laughs) long before Brett Bielema was Illinois. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we would kind of toss around. Mm -hmm. Hey, who, who could win there when it was yeah. clear it wasn't going great with Lovey Smith? Right. Brett was the first name that came up in our kind of yeah. green room conversation. So I think he made a lot of sense to us. We had been yeah. around him. We knew him. But there's just something to be said for understanding this conference and knowing what it takes to win yeah. in this conference. And, and he just gets it. He, he had he been here. He had won. And, and I think we were all willing to say, you know, maybe it was just a bad fit. By the way, they weren't terrible at Arkansas. Right. Mm-hmm. They had a couple good years. It, it went downhill a little bit. But then you think about all the other people he'd been around. I mean, that, that's the other thing that really stands out yeah. to me about Brett is that it feels like he's taken bits and pieces of a lot of different places mm-hmm. that he's been and has incorporated them and has evolved as a coach. And I think there's just so much value in getting different perspectives, being around different people, building your network so when you decide your offense isn't working, you can go to Barry Lunny and say, hey, man, I want you to be my guy. And say, go run it. Yep. Because that's the other side of it. You watch him in practice. I mean, he's, he's coaching stuff up in a special team situation, but he allows his coaches and coordinators to go out and coordinate. 
He doesn't overstep his bounds. I shouldn't say overstep, but he doesn't get involved in some of that um, that part of the game unless it's something that he believes. Okay, hey, this is. I think we need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. But so the players are are never uh, feel like that their coordinators don't have the power to tell them and, and have them do what they need to do. He's he's backs away and let those guys do it. But you're right. And one, I, th- I think one of the first things he'll tell you is that I'm not the same guy I was when I took over the Badgers. Yes. I've grown. And right. I think people that are close to him know that, yeah, you need to, you needed to, right? And, yes. and you just, that's just the evolution of coaching. But he's never, um, he's never gotten stagnant, right? You can just rest on your laurels and just keep, but I mean, he's always trying to get better. And I think a big part of that is some of the people you're, you're around. Um, yeah. You know, you have opportunity to be around. He is, I mean, think about some of the great coaches that he's been around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Starting with Hayden Fry, right? right? I mean, you just, you know, Coach Alvarez. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Bill Belichick's yeah. not bad. Yeah. yeah, he's not bad. I mean, he's a decent <laughs> right. coach. Right, So you think about, you know, uh, the people that he's been around and the way they've all had to win. It's never necessarily been a program or he's never, just think about this. He's never really coached at a program where they got the best talent all the time. Right. Even if you think about at the pro level, they didn't necessarily have all the first rounders there. I mean, you know, Belichick was known as we're going to go into the draft. We're going to develop people. We're going to bring free agency in and fit them in here and there. So he's been in those situations where you've had to build rosters. And I think that's one of the things that really helps him in this situation because Illinois is a place where you need to build the roster. You're just not going to naturally get the four and five stars that are just going to want to come to the place. Right, but I think what's been cool about it is what he has done, to your point, with a lot of the guys that he inherited, how much better he has he has made them. What about Purdue? I want to overlook that road win for them against Maryland. I think they have become a really good story here. I mean, you think, like, legitimately, they're a couple plays away from being 6-0. Now, yeah. I would also say they're legitimately a couple plays from being 2-4. and four, Yeah. Right? You I mean, so, sure. so maybe these things kind of even out in the end. But they're pretty good, too. Uh, I, the defense has really stepped up mm-hmm. and has caught my attention. That's where they've gotten better here, yeah. to me, these last couple of years. And I think that's where they needed to, right? And you can look at some of the, some of the games that they lose or have lost. It's been more discipline, right? Whether it's been yeah. penalties at inopportune times, whether it's, uh, you know, missing tackles, voiding gaps and things like that. All things that are very correctable. But it's interesting. We talk about Purdue, and then some. You know, they they lose a game the way they lose it, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, they become an afterthought, and then they show up and they start to win games differently. I mean, I, I, you you talk about that, and I always talk about the Brom brothers, right? Because yes. you got one coaching the quarterback, one's called play calling, some, but together, they devise, they come up with great game plans, and there's really nothing from week to week that necessarily carries over. They say, hey, okay, this is what we need to do well in this game to win, so we're going to go this way. Right. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And it may not look anything like it looked the week before. But that's just their ability, and you've got to give the players a lot of credit for that as well to be able to adapt to systems like that. But you're right, defensively is where they've uh, really made that jump and continue to get better. Right, and I think that shows up in all of the – praise we were lavishing (laughs) upon them for this run game which was dramatically better Mm -hmm. and then they go out and beat Maryland with 13 rushing yards because that was the way to beat them that was the way to beat them yeah that was absolutely the way they would come up with a big special teams play yes it was huge um 
depends on what side yeah. of yeah. the field well, you was, on. It was indisputably huge. <laughs> <laughs> we think, just don't. Yes, <laughs> the point of view on yeah, the huge is a the little different, yes, yeah. Yes, so, yes, I, yes. you know, I, listen, this is a Purdue team that's just playing well and, and obviously has found a way right back into the mix of the West. Uh, speaking of the mix of the West, I mean, it is totally fascinating. We'll have time to, to dive into this during the course of the week. But I mean, look at the standings. Three teams at two and one. Illinois, Purdue, and the Huskers. Think about there are three teams that have won this thing all time. Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern. They are all at one and two. I mean, it's just fascinating. It feels like it's a changing of the guard season. And again, lots to, to talk about in the Big Ten West race. We got Big Ten today. Wisconsin dismantled Northwestern Saturday in Evanston, 42 to 7. First game for the Badgers under interim coach Jim Leonard after the firing of Paul Christ. The game every bit as dominant as the score would indicate. The Badgers set a school record with six touchdown passes, five of them from Graham Mertz, got just their second win in their last eight visits to Evanston. Jim Leonard, kind enough to join us. He is today's big interview. Coach, such a whirlwind for you. Did you take any time on Saturday after the game was over to kind of process everything that had happened? Yeah, I was able to take some time. Um, really just proud of the way this program handled the adversity and, and the guys, the staff. Um, obviously, that, that was not news anybody really anticipated going into work on Sundays. So um, the emotions were high early in the week. Coach Christ is, has a ton of respect in this building, um, and everyone took it hard. So wanted to give guys the opportunity to process things, and I thought they focused – throughout the week and obviously the results uh, were very good on Saturday so was able to after the game take some time enjoy it had so many people reach out congratulating me and thanking me it was it was exciting but just more proud for the kids to, to have the success that we felt like we had been working for early on this season how strange was it for you to be the head coach on Saturday I mean we were commenting you guys were the middle game on the network and so we had a little time in between and and Howard and coach Donardo and Joshua and I came in and you know they feed down shots of you from on the field and and you're there in the pregame talking with Fitz right the the pregame small talk that that the head coaches make w was that strange for you kind of being in that role and doing the postgame interview and all of those things that the other coaches have done dozens if not hundreds of times in their career Definitely a little awkward, right? It, you just get out of what your rhythm has been and the comfort level you have on game day. Um, but at the same time, Saturday was the most comfortable I felt all week, really, because been a part of a lot of game days, and, and that's the exciting part. You feel like you have confidence in the plan, you have confidence in the players, and now it's time to go get the results that you hope for. And it was an awesome feeling. Uh, I thought our staff did a great job of going through a lot of different scenarios that could come up on game day that obviously I have never been a part of. So um, it was exciting. Um, getting up early takes a lot of stress off um, throughout the day, but um, it was a lot of fun. And, and just the engagement that I had to have offense, defense, special teams, communicating with players, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that going forward. You were obviously quite close with Coach Chris. You mentioned when all this went down last Sunday that you wouldn't be in coaching were it not for him. I know a lot of the players took it really hard. It was obvious from their social media accounts how much it impacted them and, and those who spoke publicly. It was obvious from that as well. 
How big a challenge was that for you personally, both for you and for your job of getting the players ready to go? It was difficult early in the week to, uh, to try to move on knowing that you had to. I've known Coach Chris for 20 years. Um, right? he, he was here coaching when I was playing, and we've had a great relationship throughout my career. Um, and then he hires me back to this place without any coaching experience. And um, he'll forever mean, mean a lot to me. And as a student athlete, right, these guys are making these decisions to come to programs based off of the head coach, the culture they set, um, kind of the the people that they're going to be around. And when there's huge change like we had last week, it's it's going to shock these guys to the core. And uh, they took it hard as as expected, but um, we're able to rally. You know, the the message last week was how do you compartmentalize the emotion? Don't hide it, right? Let it be there. But when we have to work, it's you have to take that away, and then you can go back to it at a later time. And I thought our guys did a great job and our, and our coaches, because a, a number of our coaches have known Coach Chris for, for a very long time. So we were able to, to handle the stress and handle the emotion of the week and kind of let that frustration out on Saturday. You made some changes, most notably Bobby Ingram, the offensive coordinator, calling plays from the sideline rather than up top. What was the logic there? Uh, number one, communication. We just thought it'd be a little bit easier to communicate face-to-face -face if needed. Um, we just thought it was crucial for our players to see our presence, you know, be able to look them in the eyes, good and bad, right, and, and be able to communicate a little bit easier, um, even if the vantage point looked different, right, and, and he was going to feel the game a little bit differently. So we, we both felt very comfortable being on the field, calling offense and defense, and um, the communication was very smooth throughout the game, but those were really the main reasons that we wanted to get that done last week. You looked a little different just in terms of play selection. I mean, you guys really came out throwing. You threw on first down 11 times. Was that a function of Northwestern's defensive issues, which frankly are abundant this year, or was it about a change in philosophy? What, what, do you, what should we make of that? I think a little bit of both. Uh, I think Coach Ingram had a great plan for those guys. Um, obviously, teams have been very aggressive trying to stop the run game and um, have not had the success the last couple weeks um, that we needed. And being willing to, to spread the field, being willing to get the ball on the perimeter, um, trust Graham and, and the decisions that he's making and trust that our receivers uh, can create separation and, and win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. If, if teams are going to be that aggressive to stop the run and dedicate the safeties to the run game, we have to be able to slow them down. And I thought the plan last week um, was great for our team and what we needed last week. And we got to understand that week to week, it may look a little bit different based on the challenges defenses are presenting us, but we have to be flexible in order to, to keep teams off balance. Jim, I want to get into your backstory a little bit. I think Wisconsin fans certainly know it. You're a, a walk-on. You were born in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, but I know you grew up down the road in Tony, Wisconsin, population 113. If we were to find ourselves in the greater Ladysmith, Tony area, what would be the one thing that we should definitely do? Ooh, that's tough. You got to get on a lake somewhere. Okay. I, mean, I think that's the number one thing. Obviously, uh, the, the recreational activities up there in northern Wisconsin are, are huge, and that's why a lot of people live there. So I think that'd be your number one 
thing that you need to do is, is go find a lake somewhere in the summer. What was your favorite lake activity? Um, swimming, growing up. Um, family got a boat here recently, so we've been, we've been getting on the boat as much as we can in the summers. I got three boys, so it's been a blast. Um, I grew up playing baseball all summer, so not really something that I did a ton as a kid, but now uh, growing up, it's always, it's always fun to just find relaxing times with the family. Well, you mentioned your baseball career. So you were scouted by the Minnesota Twins. You hit 10 threes in one basketball game, and now I saw that you had 480-plus yards of total offense in one half of a football game. Is that possible, or is this just the legend kind of growing here through the years? Sometimes I just like to let time make the legends a little bit taller. <laughs> I don't worry about the reality of, of what it is. Uh, I had a great high school career. It was a lot of fun playing three sports and um, had great friends, great, great team around me, and uh, we had a lot of success growing up. All right, so true or false, 480 yards of offense in one half? I, you got to go back to the high school coaches. That's, <laughs> that's what they've always said. I, I'm not going to check the facts. You guys got to do the research there. All right, fair enough. We will uh, dig back into the record books. What made you choose football? I mean, again, as I mentioned, you're, you're, you're scouted for professional baseball. What made you decide walking on it at Wisconsin was the right route for you? That's a fair question. Um, I, I wasn't ready to be done. You know, football is a sport where you just don't put the pads back on once you decide your, your career is, is over. That just it's not something that you do. So I, I wasn't ready to give it up. It felt different to me. Uh, I had success in basketball. I had a lot of success in baseball, but um, just always felt like my time to step away from football had not come. And uh, the opportunity to walk on at Wisconsin was one that was huge. And I, I bet on myself. I truly felt I could perform at this level. And uh, fortunately for me, I got the opportunity that I did and uh, made the most of it. You mentioned your basketball career. So you're five foot eight, and you won the slam dunk contest among your teammates when you were at Wisconsin. Describe for us the winning dunk. Shock and awe, number one. Uh, not many people <laughs> knew I could do it. I had only played basketball with a handful of guys that offseason. Uh, you just remember back, back then, you, you, as a walk-on, you didn't get into the program until fall camp started. Yeah. So um, went through the season and didn't really have the opportunity to, to play basketball with many guys, but a, a number of the younger guys knew what I could do. So number one was shock and awe. And, and being 5'8 and, and not very big-handed, uh, when I dunk, I have to, I have to go hard. So it's going to look good. Either, either way, whether I make it or miss it, it's going to look good. Uh, your dad was uh, your high school basketball coach. W what did you learn from him as a coach that you have carried forward now as you've taken on the profession? Yeah, my dad was my, my basketball and baseball coach really my whole life up until college. So, um, number one, being a small town, limited resources, you have to do everything. And I think that helped me going into last week is understanding it doesn't matter what the resources are, what the roles are. Like you have to be willing to step in and, and get things done. Um, you can't always wait around for answers from other people. I, I think that to me is the, the dedication he had to his players and their improvement and making the experience. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.